Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the Isaiah 5310 episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to help you understand how to interact with a person who holds the man-made traditional views of what we covered in the What the Flock episode. I'm Jonathan Fries here with Joel Swakowski. Hey, Joel. Hey, Jonathan. How you doing, man? I'm great. How are you? Pumped. Yeah. A lot Can of you, Jesus. A lot of Jesus oh, in this episode, huh? I, honestly, it was a bit I got a bit emotional. Yeah. When we so got good. when we got down to that verse, you know, to take to slow down and actually pull the verse apart and to go, you know, what does the Bible say? Did the English translation get in the way? Why don't you look at the context? And when you look at the context, what I love about what we're doing is we're slowing down to go is the answer here? Yeah. Is it possible that if we actually slow down and learn to read this book well, that the answer is right in front of yeah. our faces? Amen. That's good. So can you remind us once more of this verse? Yeah, I'm just going to give the short version, you know, the just the part we focused on Isaiah 5310, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And what are your initial thoughts of this episode? Ken, I, I feel like this this is one of those verses that gets in trouble more from the loose side or the freedom side than the strict, because it is this perspective of God would never want to hurt us more than it is uh, a direct interpretational issue. Like, I can see the work that the strict side efforts into to try to make sense of this, but even then... Even the strict side, what are they trying to what are they trying to account for is the loose side perspective of God would never do anything to hurt you, let alone be happy about it. Mm -hmm. So this I get like I can be super merciful to people who don't understand this verse when their belief about God is that God's nature is love. And so many Christians, so many people in general believe that that is God's nature. Right. It's either all powerful or it's love, right? Yeah. Those are two, you know, or a combination of the both. And we just, you know, it's a paradox as to how they work together. But I get it. I get why this verse would be hard to grasp when thought of as when God is thought of as his nature being love, because it does not make sense. And I get why a man interpreting this would do everything he can to try to change that word from pleased to moved or inclined or his will. Right. Yep. That makes sense. Can you give us an overview of the damage done with this episode's verse? Yeah, we see on really on the strict side, people are having an issue understanding what God's will is. And how specifically how Jesus's death facilitated God's will. Right. You know, we God's will being how he accomplishes his plan. Jesus's death played the biggest part in having the value for that. Right. So, you know, God's will, the doctrine of God's will is damaged and even profitability. So that, and this really comes down to profitability being the measure for what is good and good being long-term creation, right? So yeah, the really the doctrine of God's will, the doctrine of good, 
have been damaged. So we, we'd love people to listen to the God's will series and the profitability episode. And then also on the loose side, again, it's really God's nature. God is misunderstood as to how he works. And then just what love even is. I think there's this big part. If God is love, we need to also know what love means. And if, and if love is defined as an emotion or a positive feeling, then that also exposes a bunch of, or it introduces a bunch of contradictions. So um, we could see really God's will, the doctrine of good, God's nature, and the doctrine of love have all been damaged. Um, Or the damage from those doctrine is really what is introducing a bunch of contradictions into this verse. Yeah, it makes sense. So we're here to handle a person who holds to the traditional man-made belief about this verse, one side or the other, but they're holding to the man-made traditional belief. So I want to know, our listeners want to know, how can we or how would you handle a situation with someone who held that belief? Yeah, I love this. I mean, we are like with the the Music Life Church podcast, so directly just giving you five different scenarios of how you can handle somebody with these five different perspectives of this verse. This is like very, very clearly this podcast is to help you learn how to be, you know, more confident in your beliefs in a way that's a benefit to people who have a different view than you do. So So it's essentially like with those episodes that you've talked about with the, with the, uh, you know, all the doctrine we've covered in the, in the previous five seasons, it's almost like you've given us recipe ingredients that we can put together in our arguments to handle people who have traditional perspectives. So it's like, okay, you have onions, you have butter, you have flour, you have chicken. Now, what are all of the different ways that you can arrange those ingredients (laughs) to make a meal for someone is kind of what this is like, where it's, You have all these foundational building blocks. You know, I like to think of doctrine like chords. Here you have all of these different chords. Now you can rearrange a melody on top of it. But without a chord, without knowing, you're you're very limited. You don't know if it's the right move or the wrong move. Right. So now we have all these chords and now these people are initiating songs. and, And essentially, we depending on what song they're playing, we get to respond by... Basically, because we have this doctrine, you can play any song you want, or essentially you could say any verse of the Bible you want, and I'm going to have some way to respond to you that's going to create more out of the conversation. Awesome. Hopefully we'll learn something through it. Awesome. So here's the perspective. I'm just going to go right from Apostle Tater. Yeah. And essentially his point is it doesn't really mean what it says. Mm Mm-hmm. So here's an example of somebody who did the work to rationalize why this Hebrew word could mean something different than what it does mean. If this was me dealing with somebody who said, yeah, that verse doesn't really mean what it says, I would just simply ask them, what does it mean then? And if they were persistent in keeping the words 
different than what the original language said, I'd ask them, well, how many words are you going to change the meaning of in order to fit your own worldview? Hmm. It said again, and we talked about this, like you notice these questions we're asking do one of two are in, they, they do one of two things. And usually both, we start with really asking them, what do they mean by a key word? And then the second thing is we try to apply what they mean in a different area. Here's a second one. So this is a pessimistic view. I'll give you that. But somebody could look at this verse and say, well, God was actually taking his wrath out on man. This wasn't even God being pleased necessarily about the bruising Jesus had, but essentially like I'm taking out my wrath on man through this. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm pleased about. Hurting somebody because I have pain in a different area. I could ask this person, what's God's nature? Like, who is God to you? And if God was wrathful then, what about now? Does God still move that way? Hmm. Number three, here's one that was more on the side of the the loose side in the, the perspective Pastor Rich shared with us. Somebody could read this verse and say, well, God's love, if it doesn't make you feel encouraged, this verse, when you're reading it, if you don't feel encouraged, you're not looking at it the right way. And and ultimately, we're not really supposed to understand what it means anyways. When we read the Bible, we're just supposed to be encouraged. It's supposed to make us feel good. Hmm. Well, here I could ask that person, do you ever try to teach other people anything about God? Because what that does is it unconsciously confronts this, we're not supposed to understand what it means perspective. Nice. And then I could also ask them, when when you don't feel good, is that representative of you not taking direction from God? Hmm. And what that does is it exposes the contradiction of God would never want us to feel anything but good. God would never want us to feel bad. Well, if that's the case, every time you feel bad, just admit you're doing things in your own strength and you're not taking direction from God. Nice. Oh, ouch. I don't want that one. No. Never mind, never mind, never mind. I don't believe that. Never mind, never mind. Fine. <laughs> I know. I know what it is. Point number four. And that <laughs> so point number four is essentially the get out of jail free card for people right. on the loose side, right? Because you can't say anything to this. God's will is a mystery. Fine. God's will is a mystery. Fine. Yeah. Right. So my response to that, here's where here's a massive unconscious confrontation where I don't, I could turn this into a question. I don't necessarily need to, because what I'm doing is I'm sharing on myself. I'm, I'll be sharing on something else, not directly at the person who just said to me, God's will is a mystery. I could say, yeah, well, the Bible says the mystery has been revealed to believers and just stop talking. And then just wait for that person to be like, but, but, but. Or wait for that person to try to retract or try to say, we just can't understand this stuff. Another rationalization. I'm yet to hear, but I'm hopeful it's possible of somebody who uses this as an answer to say, you know what? I was wrong. 
Hmm. And then a fifth one here's, here's more of like a strict side. This is kind of like uh, a perspective Apostle Tater shared. It's trying to change or understand these words differently. Bruised actually means cleansed or purged. So Jesus was cleansed and purged, not, not bruised. Well, I mean, cleansed and purged, my response to that would be like, are you saying cleansed and purged wouldn't hurt? Hmm. I mean, those things can be painful. But this doesn't actually address the major issue with this verse isn't even the bruised word. It's more the pleased word. God being pleased about this. Mm. And this was one of those perspectives. This bruised actually means cleansed or purged was one of these. I did research on some popular commentaries and was like, what do you believe Isaiah 53, 10 means? And this was one of the, one of the popular options that people use to get out from under this. He's bleed. He was pleased to bruise him. But the thing is, I mean, with this person who believes this, you can change the meaning of the word bruised all you want. We went through the context of that entire entire chapter. And it showed a multitude of ways that Jesus suffered. And I wonder, you could even use the bruised as a word that encapsulates all the suffering Jesus went through. He was pleased to bruise him. Hmm. And it says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Means everything before that I read, verses one through nine, are all the ways Jesus was bruised. And those are descriptive words of Jesus dealing with a lot of pain. Yeah, so again, the, here's five different things, five different perspectives. and And what we do is just ask questions based on the keywords they're using or try to apply what they're saying in a different area to try to help them. And one, to try to help us understand them and two, to try to help them maybe see any areas where they have been embracing man-made tradition instead of the word of God. Yeah. I think it's cool. I mean, the thing is, is that we could take that verse and people can say just another perspective that God, it pleased God to bruise Jesus, meaning that God was doing this against Jesus's will. Yeah. Right. Like it pleased him to do this. How cruel. And it's like, no, 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 no. Jesus was in complete agreement about this entire thing. Yep. I, and we covered. I've, yeah. I've, right. I, I take a look at the, you know, from the other perspective of people who are like, I don't want to serve God at all because who kills their own son? Right. And they use that, they use that as the rationalization to want to, to have nothing to do with the quote Christian God, because what father kills their son. Right. So I would take that person through the three steps of interpreting. And I'd say, where does it say that in the Bible? Right. And then they'd be like, oh, it doesn't. Like, yeah, what it actually says is Jesus chose to lay his own life down. Mm-hmm. It would take one step with that person to show Amazing. them, wait. You're saying something that's not even in the Bible. God killed his son. Or, you know what? I could agree with the person. Yes, he did. Why? Because Jesus agreed to it. 
and for your own benefit. So you're welcome. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Finally, can you remind us once more of what the ultimate answer is? I'd be happy to. The ultimate answer is that the father was pleased by Christ's bruising because it signified the value that would be needed for God's plan to happen and the bridge that was created between God and man. The pleasure God took through this was not about the pain Jesus went through, but what the bruising resulted in. Nice. So our verse again, Isaiah 53, 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. So what we want to do right now is take this verse, what we, what we've read and translate it according to the doctrine that we've already learned, removing the contradiction according to God's language, which is, this is truth. This is his language. This is how he speaks to us. So this is like an English translation of the truth behind what it is that God is saying. So this is like a way to say this would be like truth language or God's language. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah 53.10, yet it pleased the Lord to see a hugely important part of his plan manifest itself through the suffering his son experienced. Simple profound yep he had what they all got one opportunity to do it oh i love and that point. it was a banger it they was nailed it perfect so yeah. all of the suffering that occurred was going to lead to all of these incredible effects yeah there was joy that was set before jesus and he had endured the cross it pleased the father to bruise Jesus because of what that would mean for humanity. Yeah. That there's going to be that now it's possible for Jesus to be with the bride, you know, for God to provide this bride for his son for all of eternity. And we can all hang out. Yes. The way has been made. Awesome. Well, thanks, Joel. Thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the music of life church podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know. We'll see you next time.